Hi there, brothers and sisters. I want to bring a teaching on the rest truth. This is incredibly important and um, many of us in the body of Christ we really struggle to walk in rest. Uh, I'm not talking about physical rest where we sleep at night to uh, recharge our physical batteries and um, and uh, be refreshed so that we have energy for tomorrow. I'm talking about spiritual rest. I'm talking about a spiritual aspect of learning to rest in God and seeing how how helpful it is in our walk with God. So, Father, just give us understanding and revelation into this truth so that we can apply it to our daily lives. So what is rest? So if we think of Paul, he's about to leave Ephesus and travel to Jerusalem uh, and would later also go to Rome. Uh, and he knew very well that he would more than likely be persecuted and have to suffer for preaching the gospel among the Jews in Jerusalem. He knew that. He knew what was awaiting him in Jerusalem, that he would suffer for, for going there. Yet, he is more than willing to suffer and even die if necessary to be able to testify of Christ before the Jews. This is what he says. But none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. He was dead to self and alive to Christ. He, Paul was walking in the reality of that. And so he was willing to die, not holding his own life dear, but willing to die for the sake of sharing the gospel with people that needed to hear it. But we have to see that there's something going on internally inside of Paul and it's this um, spiritual principle of resting in God. Because this is the statement that Paul makes. He says, but none of these things move me. Um, what does that mean? It means that even though persecution was going to come his way, even though he knew he would suffer and possibly even die, internally Paul was resting in God. He was at peace within you see, that's the place that God wants us to dwell in constantly. Is we're doing the will of God. We're suffering. We've been persecuted. We're going through difficult things. But in all of those things, internally, we are maintaining a place of rest within. So Paul is saying, I know it's going to be tough. I know I'm going to be hated. I know... I might even physically go through trials and suffering and even die, but I'm not moved. And so he had this internal rest within him that he continually maintained through his walk with God. That is rest. There was the Shunammite woman who discerned that Elisha was the holy man of God. And asked her husband if they could prepare an upper chamber for Elisha when he passed through 
their area. So Elisha appreciated what this couple had done for him in, pro uh, in providing hospitality for him. So he inquired what could he do for them. So when Elisha found out that they don't have a son, they didn't have a son, he prophesied that they would have a son. He wanted to bless them for their hospitality, for their love and helping him on his journey, giving, them, giving him a place to stay. So he was trying to find out what do you need? Is there anything that you, you really need? And this was their greatest desire, is to have a son. So he prophesied that they would have a son. Later, when the son had grown up, he passed away, and she placed her son's dead body on the bed in a chamber um, that they had prepared for Elisha when he visited. She then traveled to find the man of God, so that he could pray for her son and bring him back to life. So when Elisha approached her asking how it was with her and her husband and her son, she replied, It is well. We've got to understand what this um, woman was actually saying. It is well. God had given them the son through the prophetic word of the prophet. That, that son had a destiny. That son had now died at a, at a very, very young age when his life was all ahead of him. She felt led to find the man of God and to, to bring him that he could pray for her son to bring him back to life. But in her struggles, in her pain, in her um, difficulty, she still had rest within. And she said, it is well. You know, how many of us, when, we, when a loved one dies or, or, or something very, very tragic happens, we, you know, we get all caught up in emotions and... Um, but we need to know the mind of Christ. We need to know what is this Holy Spirit saying in this situation. And she knew that God was still not finished with her son. Her internal being felt, this is not over. I think my son is going to come back to life. I need to find the man of God to pray for him. So she said these words, it is well. You see, what she was doing is internally she was resting. She was saying, this is in God's hands. Everything is in God's hands. I'm not going to fret over this. I'm not going to um, uh, lose sleep over this. I'm, I'm going to rest in Him. Knowing God, yes, He's dead. But this is not the end of the story. I'm, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to rest in you knowing you're in control of the situation. You see, that's resting in God. As we know the story of Elisha, he comes and he prays, and the son is raised from the dead. Um, so we know that later, you know, uh, Elisha came, he prayed for him, and he was raised from the dead. So the woman was resting in God, trusting God that God was going to take care of the situation. It was in his hands. And you and I need to, to apply that to our lives. When we go through things, difficult things, not easy things, and we can't see the result today, 
right now the situation looks bleak. But we know that this is going to change. It's not going to end here. Things are going to change and we're going to come to a place of victory. During that process, we need to learn to rest in Him and trust Him. We know the story of Paul and Silas who had been put in jail and had been struck with many blows. So the guards and the soldiers had struck them and wounded them and, and hurt them. And so they were they in pain. I mean, they must have had some pain from those wounds. It was cold in the prison cell. Yet at about midnight, they started to pray and sing hymns of praise to God, resulting in an earthquake and the prison doors being opened and their chains being broken. Notice how Paul and Silas are able to maintain a place of rest in Him, even in their darkest hour, resulting in breakthrough and victory. Wow! In your darkest hour, in your suffering, in your hardship, you're still able to maintain a place of rest within. And we can see that Paul and Silas were showing that they were have, had this rest within them, the spiritual rest within them. Midnight, cold cell, pain, uncomfortable, hurting, physically hurting. They decide, I'm going to worship the Lord. I'm going to praise His name. I'm going to pray to Him. You see, there was, they, they decided to walk in rest inside even in their darkest hour. Christ Himself, when He was on the cross, going through excruciating pain on the cross, He didn't complain about His suffering, but instead, in His suffering, He interceded for us. And He said in Luke chapter 23, verse 34, it says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. He remitted their sins so that He could put them in a place where the goodness of God would lead them to repentance. See, that is rest. He was in pain. He was in his darkest hour. But still, internally, he could rest. And he could even pray for them for the remission of their sins in his last breath. So, in each case that God's people learned rest, in each case, God also worked. For as we rest, God works. But as we work in self-effort, in anxiety, instead of trying to trust God, God is at rest. So when we work in anxiety, when we work in self-effort, God is at rest. But when we are walking in rest within, which is trusting Him, Believing in Him, walking in His peace, walking in His joy, resting within, God is able to work. Think of Daniel who rested in the, in the lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they rested in the fire after refusing to bow down and worship the golden image. Even after the furnace had been heated seven times more than it was normally heated. As they rested in God, the fire had no effect on their bodies, their hair or their clothing. 
Not even the smell of fire had come upon them. Daniel chapter 3 verse 25 it says, He said, Look, I see four men loosed and walking about in the midst of the fire without harm. And the appearance of the fourth is like the son of the gods. As they rested in the fire, God worked and protected them. So, they were in a place and saying, Father, you know I'm obeying you. And so I'm trusting you. Even going through this, this, this situation, placed in the fire, in the furnace, I'm going to trust you, Father. I'm going to rest in you. And then God worked. God protected them. Christ himself came and protected them in the fire. And no harm came to them at all. If we, <coughs> if we look at history, we often see that the martyrs uh, went to their deaths being martyred, but they went to their deaths in rest. Um, and look how God worked to multiply the seed sown. Um, there's, been, there's been so many stories of, of, of people in early days where, in Bible times, you, you know, early New Testament times, people who were martyred for their faith um, and they had these smiles on their face after dying and just as they were dying and they were knowing that you can destroy my body but you can't destroy my spirit and soul that belong to the Lord and so they were rejoicing and resting in God even giving out their last breath in Acts chapter 7 59 and 60 it says they went on stoning Stephen as he called on the Lord and said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then falling on his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold the sin against them. Having said this, he fell asleep. He rested in God while being martyred to death. So he was completely walking in the Holy Spirit. He was walking in the peace and the joy of God. And he was doing exactly what God required of him in that situation. He had been preaching the gospel with boldness, with signs and miracles and wonders following. He was walking in the Holy Spirit. He was uh, doing exactly what the Father required. And now because of that, he was being persecuted and being martyred. But in that place of, of, of persecution, he knew that that uh, this could easily come upon him. But he just rested in God, rejoicing in God, even in that situation. Because, you know, he knew my life is not mine. It's hid with Christ in God. I'm crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives within me. So he, was, he just knew my life is in God's hands. And if that means I die today and go to glory, so be it. I'll go there rejoicing and walking in peace and walking in rest within. And so he died and with a smile on his face and know, knowing that he was going to be with his father. You know, there, there are testimonies of people that have this peaceful, smiling expression on their face when being martyred. Going to, 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 to be with the Lord with, with peace within, with rest within. And how God would multiply the seed 
because they are the seed that falls to the ground that brings forth a mighty harvest of souls that will come in the future. So rest has three general aspects to the believer. The first aspect is rest for the spirit. Rest for our spirit inside of us. So it says, They come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight. So we receive this rest when our spirit receives Christ. And so the first rest that we enter into is when we are born again. When we receive new creation life in Christ. So we come to Him. We are weary. We are tired from, from being separate from Him. From, from walking in sin and bondage and darkness. And so we come from that place of weariness. And we come and we, we rest in Him. And so the rest that we enter in is a rest that comes to our spirit. Where Christ enters into our spirit and we become born again. We become the children of God. So rest comes to our spirit man. Hallelujah. The next is the rest that comes to our soul. Matthew 11, 28 and 29 says, Come to me, all you are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. We find this rest when our souls daily submit to Christ's yoke of love. And so on a daily basis, when we come to Christ and we yoked with Him, and we abide in Him, and we give ourselves to Him to walk with Him, to fellowship with Him, to commune with Him, to be one with Him, to abide in Him, as we do that, rest and refreshing comes to our soul. And the final rest that comes to us is rest for our body. So in Revelation 14, 13 it says, And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, so that they may rest from their labors, for their deeds follow with them. So, you know, when we die in the Lord, there's rest for our body. But also, there will be a final rest for us when, you know, God will finally give us glorified, uh, immortal bodies. And the final peace will fall into place where we'll have these immortal, glorified bodies. And we can rest um, living in these new, glorified, immortal bodies that have been given to us. So we, we need to ask the question, how does one enter into this rest? You know, practically, you know, how can we live it out in, in daily life? So one thing that is very, very important to walk in rest, spiritual rest, is faith in God's Word. So Israel didn't enter, enter into their Canaan rest because they limited God. So they turned back and limited the Holy One of Israel. Psalm 78.41 So again and again they tempted God and pained the Holy One of Israel, limiting um, uh, His means uh, horizont. They tried to push God into their own five sense box. 
all the time he was wanting to lift them up through faith in his word into the large room, that throne room in the heavenlies. So faith in the word brings rest, need to overcome unbelief and condemnation. And so um, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And so when we are built up in faith, we hear the word of God, we believe the word of God, we walk in the, love of, the word of God, in the truth of the word of God. It brings a rest to us. So we, we know the truth. We, have, we put our faith in the truth. We put our faith in Christ. We put our faith in Him. We put our faith in His Word. And because we believe it, even though our circumstances might be the opposite, we know what the truth is. And the truth never changes. The Word never changes. Christ never changes. And so we put our faith in that. And because we trust in that, regardless of circumstances, we can rest. And so when we walk in faith, it sets us free from unbelief and condemnation. So many, you know, when they sin or struggling with things, they doubt their standing before God and walk in condemnation. But when we know what the Word of God says to us, regarding that we are saved, we are His, we are justified before Him, and we put our faith in this, we are set free from condemnation. And uh, if we are in difficult situations where our present situation is not good, but we know that this is not the end, God is taking us to this other place, God is taking us to this place of victory, we don't need to walk in unbelief like Israel did when they were standing and they didn't enter into the promised land because of unbelief, because of the giants. Caleb and Joshua, they walked in faith. They walked in rest within. And they said, no, we can take this land. We can take this land. God is fighting for us. God will give us the victory. And so not walking in unbelief. And so when we, when we rest in Him, we don't need to walk in unbelief. Hebrews 3.19 says, so we see that they were not able to enter because of unbelief. Hebrews 4.3 For we who have believed enter that rest, just as He has said, As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. And so the key to victory, the key to breakthrough, the key to advancing is resting in Him, regardless of present circumstances. Truth never changes. Um, what He has said never changes. We believe it and we rest in it. And another um, key to walking in rest is ceasing from self-effort. So clinging to one's problems, not ceasing from one's own work of self-effort or worry hinders rest in our lives. In other words, whoever holds on to the pole of self-effort trying to help God will never catch hold of the other pole and that is the pole of rest, for they are too far apart. As righteous as Job was, he still was determined to hold fast to his own righteousness, his good works, 
as a basis for God blessing him. And he almost died, but when he let go, uh, which pictures Calvary, and finally realized it was all by grace his rest came. I hold fast my righteousness, and I will not let it go. My heart does not reproach any of my days. Deliver, uh, deliver him from going down to the pit. I have found a ransom. So we need to overcome self-effort and cares. So Job, right at the end, he could see, he could see his Redeemer. He could see that he had found a ransom. He, he, he realized that it's God. It's God that redeems. It's not our own efforts. It's not our own self-righteousness that, that can help us. It's not our own works that can help us. But it's God and what God has done for us. His goodness. His completed work. And so, many of us, um, we struggle in unbelief and self-effort, thinking, you know, if I only do this, if I only do this work, if I only strive to do this or be a little bit better, then God will accept me, He will love me, He will save me. But that is unbelief. And that is fighting against God, not allowing God to work on your behalf. But when we come to the place we say, Oh God, I see Calvary, I see the cross. I see it's you, it's you, it's you, it's you, it's your work, it's what you have done. There's nothing I can do that can save me, that can help me. It's what you do. It's you that fights for me. It's you that saves me. It's you that redeems me. It's, it's the finished work of Christ. And so we come to that place of ceasing from all self-effort. So self-effort cannot save us to be saved as children of God. Self-effort cannot actually even help us in the process of sanctification. But resting in Him and saying, Father, do your work. Do your work, Lord. Work it on my behalf. Work inside of me. And we just yield to Him and say, Father, I come to you. Work in me. Work in these circumstances. Help me in this situation. And as we do that, we can rest in Him. And then things begin to change. And He can work on our behalf. So others, through worry, hold on to their own problems. 1 Peter 5 verse 7 Casting all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. God doesn't have problems. So, you know, sometimes as believers we have a problem and then we go to God and we, we explain to God in prayer and we say, God, can you see this and this and this and this on uh, my problems? Please help me with these things. You know, and it's not like God is saying, really? Is your situation so bad? You know, God already knows. You know, you know what we, we sometimes tell Him all these things that are in our life and happening as if He cannot see. He's God. He sees it all anyway. He knows it. He's, not, he's God. He's all-knowing. And so what we do is um, we cast those worries, those anxieties upon Him. And so we take the worries, we take the anxieties, the 
problems that we have, the situations we have, we take it off our shoulders. Those burdens, we take it off and we place it upon Him. And uh, we rest. We rest in Him. We rest in Him. And we are yoked with Him. And He takes care of, of our situation. So when we have financial problems, when we have uh, work problems, when we have relationship problems, when we have trying situations, when we have people in our lives that are, are extremely difficult, let's not walk in a place of anxiety, worry, fear, because that just tires and wearies us out anyway. But let's give it to Him and walk in rest. So with loved ones, with people that we relate to and have relationships with, where there's difficult relationships, people that we relate to and know in our life, sometimes very close to us. Let's not walk in anxiety and worry and fear, but let's walk in rest and say, God, I'm not going to get anxious over this, this person and their behavior and their problems, but I'm going to give it to you. And I'm going to intercede for them. I'm going to intercede for the situation. But Father, I'm going to give it to you. And Father, I know that you can work in this situation. And so let's do it from a place of rest. Always walking in rest. Because as we rest, then God takes up the situation. And He helps and He moves. And He engineers. And He touches hearts and He changes lives. So, when David was loaded down with cares in the wilderness, he learned a secret. If he would begin praising God instead of murmuring, what seemed to have been a problem was just a fiery test. The fire burned only that in, in him which needed to be burned. The gold came through purified. So David learned um, a key to resting and getting victory in battle and situations was to praise the Lord. And so put away what's going on around us and the present situation, the battles that we face in life. And just go to the Lord, focus upon Him and worship Him, praise Him with dancing and rejoicing and, and worship from the depths of your heart and sacrifice of thanksgiving and love and adoration to Him. And then often we see that these fiery tests come to an end and he, he purifies things in our hearts. And he purifies us like pure gold. Um, but those, those circumstances um, get sorted out. And so part of resting is learning to rejoice, learning to give thanks, learning to praise Him. Even through, you know, don't praise God just in, in hard times. Praise Him when <coughs> things are going relatively well. Praise Him also. So before we do all our daily tasks, uh, we need to go before Him for some time and rest our hearts in Him and be refreshed. So Jesus would get up while it was still dark and He would go to a secluded place and He would pray to the Father. And so Jesus always started His day from a place of resting in the Father, resting in the Father's love. And his identity with the Father. And talking to his Father about what would lie, lie ahead in the day. And then came to this 
place, the stance of rest in the Father, rest in the love of God, rest in His walk with the Father, and uh, be refreshed with the Father, and then to go out and do many things in the day. So a third important thing about resting in God is life in the Spirit. Life in the Spirit is a, is a secret of rest. In um, Isaiah 28, 11 and 12 it says, Indeed, He will speak to this people through stammering lips and a foreign tongue. He who said to them, Here is rest, give them rest to the weary, and here is repose. But they would not listen. Psalm 68 verse 9 You shed abroad a plentiful rain, O God. You confirmed your inheritance when it was parched. So, you and I need to overcome um, spiritual frustration. So we might be frustrated about circumstances or things that are going on around us in our life. But we need to overcome that frustration. And we overcome that by um, being refreshed in Him. I, I think um, praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues brings a, a refreshing inside. It brings up um, a strengthening inside. And it also brings us to a place of resting in Him. And so when we give our speaking to Him, we give our mouths to Him and we pray in the Spirit, it brings a refreshing and it brings a rest. And it brings our spirit man inside into a good place. And so, Bride of Christ, um, spend quality time um, praying in the Spirit on a daily basis. Being refreshed and strengthened internally. That contributes to your, your rest within. And sets you free from, from frustration. John 7, 38 and 39 says, He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the Spirit whom those who believed him were to receive. For the Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. It's so rivers of living water. And so as we come to the rivers of living water, and we let those rivers of living water flow in and, and through us. Um, it, it brings us to rest within. Isaiah 63, 13 and 14 it says, Who led them through the depths like the horse in the wilderness. They did not stumble as the cattle which go down into the valley. The Spirit of the Lord gave them rest. Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord gave them rest. So when we go through trials, wilderness, difficulties, persecution, difficult situations we have to face, but God wants to refresh us. He wants His Spirit to give us rest. And so um, I think a key is walking in the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit on a daily basis, letting the rivers of water flow through us, 
bringing a, a, an internal rest which gives us what we need to walk through the day. Another key to walking in spiritual rest is harmony through body ministry. Harmony through body ministry. This harmony through body ministry brings rest. So as long as a square peg is trying to fit into a round hole, it feels uneasy. When a person finds his or her place in Christ's body, each member has some particular ministry. He then finds rest. A bone out of joint, if it could talk, could say Amen to that. So we need to overcome discord in relationships. So if you think of your spine, your bones being out of joint, um, there's discomfort there. There's even pain and agony and suffering. But if you take a, if you go to a chiropractic and they put you on a mattress or on the floor and they do certain things and they put your bones into the right place, your, your joints into the right place, it's so soothing and afterwards it feels so comfortable. You can't put a, a, a square peg into a place that is a hole. It only fits into a place that is square. What I'm, so what we're saying here is that each one of us has a particular place in the body of Christ. We have a particular function. We have a particular ministry that is unique to us. And so when we walk in the ministry, when we walk in the function that God has for us personally, there's rest in that. Because there's rest saying, I'm doing what God wants me to do. I'm functioning in the place in the body where He wants me to function. But when we move out of that, and we begin to function in ministry that we are never called to, um, then there's unrest and uh, there's uh, discord and uh, there's often conflict because we're not functioning the way Christ intended us to function. So we, we ask Him, we say, Lord, what is my function in the body of Christ? What is the ministry that you want me to do? What is my place? And then the Lord will reveal, He will show, He will confirm and He'll train you, He'll equip you in that ministry, in that function. And you will be a great blessing to others because you are walking in the function that He created you to be. And so it's, it's beautiful, it's, it's right, and it brings rest. In Hebrews 3.13 it says, But encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Galatians 6.2 says, Bear one another's burdens, and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. Philemon 7, Philemon 7 says, For I have come to have much joy and comfort in your love, because the heart of the saints have been refreshed through you, brother. So, you can see that when you're functioning in the place in the body that you call to, you bring refreshing, you bring rest, you bring what is needed, what is required to others around you. Ephesians 4, 15 and 16 says, But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up into all aspects into Him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, 
according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. And so every joint supplies. Every part has an important function. And uh, the body grows. The body is built up. And so every one of us supplies something according to the ministry that God has given us, the function that God in. God has given us. And what does it result in? People are built up. People are caused to grow and advance. Hallelujah. And so when we're functioning and doing the ministry that we are called to, and we're in the will of God, it brings a, a, a great spiritual rest. Uh, because we're doing exactly what we are meant to do. The fifth um, point about... Um, Walking in spiritual rest is submission. So rest comes through submission. So submission to uh, Christ's Lordship. And then to an extension of that, His ministries. So it is reasonable that when a sheep submits to the Good Shepherd, who knows where the green grass is, that eventually rest awaits Him. So we need to overcome pride and rebellion. And so... Christ Himself is our, our, our great shepherd. And so uh, we submit to Christ and His Lordship. And when we submit and say, Lord, You are Lord of my life. Um, Father, I'm praying to You. Father, what do You want me to do? Where do You want to lead me? Father, come and initiate, initiate what You want me to do. And follow the shepherd. Follow the, the great shepherd. He leads us to green pastures. He leads us to places that we need to be. And, and when we go to those places that He's leading us to go, there's rest in those places. We come to green pastures where we can rest and feed. And, um, and so those places He leads us to are where we need to be. And so we can rest in those places. And so when we don't submit to the Lordship of Christ, we're struggling with... Um, Pride and rebellion. So we need to overcome pride and rebellion. Pride and rebellion uh, uh, remove us from coming to a place of rest. Hebrews thirteen seventeen says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. And so... God has given us leaders in the body of Christ. Some are called to leadership. Some are called to, to be elders. And um, uh, we need to submit to them in a godly way. And so um, certain people will have oversight in our lives. Uh, it's not that they take the place of God. But God uses leaders, God uses um, shepherds in the body of Christ, elders in the body of Christ to watch over our souls and to, to help us and to, to guard over us as shepherds in the body of Christ. And so as we submit to that and we, we, we give some place of, of submission there to these, these leaders in our lives, these shepherds in our lives, these elders in our lives, it, it causes us to rest. Because um, it's just God's way. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 and 13 it says, But we request of you, brethren, that you 
appreciate those who diligently labor among you and have charge over you in the Lord and give you instruction and that you esteem them highly in love because of their work. Live in peace with one another. So there you have it. It When we um, uh, appreciate and honor the, um, the shepherds and elders in, in the body, um, you know, this brings a rest to us. Another aspect of spiritual rest is growth. Growth. So as we grow up in Christ into maturity, it actually brings rest. So when we stagnated and we're not growing, it means something is wrong in our walk with God. And so there's unrest. But when we are walking uh, in, a, in a good place of communion and fellowship with Him, in intimacy with Him, and we are obeying Him and following after Him and yielding to Him, what happens is there's growth. We're growing into mature sons and daughters. And so when that growth continues to go on, as we advance and move forward in our walk with Him and in our growth, there's rest in that. So as adults who are much older, when watching how teenagers and young children behave, we often think, of our, think to ourselves, give them some time and they will grow up and mature. Our, um, our time can be hastened into maturity if we are wholeheartedly following Christ. Some areas in one's personality are like structures built up that need to be torn down. These can only find rest through growth in grace. Growing from a spiritual baby in Christ into a mature son or daughter of God. The revealing of the sons of God. So we need to overcome immaturity. Immaturity is a stumbling block to walking in uh, the rest and the peace of God. And so, uh, just like as a, a child grows up uh, from a, a toddler into a, a teenager, into an adult, there's an, a natural rest in that process because it's an automatic natural growth that takes place. And so, we often need to struggle, and, and we, we struggle with personality issues and heart issues and... Um, things in our lives that, that are holding us back from maturing. And we need to overcome those, those, those immaturities inside of us and say, God, um, take me on to full maturity in Him. And as we go through that process, we can rest and maintain rest. In Ephesians um, 4, 15 and 16, it says, But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into Him who is the head, even Christ from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. So uh, when the body is functioning, the, the body of Christ is functioning the way it is meant to be and everyone is growing, um, there's a rest in the body of Christ. In Matthew 11:29, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. So when we take His yoke and we yoked with Him, and uh, He who is humble and uh, gentle in heart, um, we find a deep spiritual rest when we, when we yoke to Him.
in James 1 4 it says and let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete lacking in nothing and so we endure as we endure with him we can rest in him and the last one is um, the presence of the Lord so the presence of the Lord is is very helpful in resting in God so rest comes as you recognize the presence of the Lord so in Matthew 14 27 be of good cheer it is I be not afraid Christ said when in the midst of the stormy night with the boat almost capsizing they thought he was a phantom at the time the storm ceased rest Proverbs 3 6 in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight so the disciples were in a boat and in the storm and um, when we walk in faith and uh, when we trust in him to be with us in the storms of life there's a rest so here Christ comes into the storm where the disciples had fear they were fearing for their very lives Christ comes the storm is calmed and uh, rest enters into the situation so Christ appeared Christ came and when he came the storms um, ceased and everything became calm and peaceful and so you and I can um, practice the presence of God and when we get up in the mornings and we come before him and still and quiet and wait upon him we come and, and enjoy his presence and uh, he's with us he's with us in spirit he's with us and uh, that's what Christ himself did he would get up early in the morning and he would spend time with his father and so he, he, he came into the presence of the father and he rested with the father and uh, so even though we have to go through the storms of life um, and uh, we tend to fear these storms that come our way but uh, we must know that we're not alone God's presence goes with us Christ is within us we have the Holy Spirit the presence of the Holy Spirit with us and so um, we can overcome fears and in his presence there's a place of wonderful rest that we can walk in in Psalm 132 13 and 14 it says for the Lord has chosen Zion he has desired it for his habitation this is my resting place forever here I will dwell for I have desired it uh, God is looking for a resting place and his resting place is Zion Hebrews 4 16 therefore let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in a time of need when we come to the throne of grace boldly through the blood of Jesus we enter into 
um, that rest. So we come to the throne, and as we come to the throne before the Father, we're coming to a place where we can rest. We can put our heads upon the chest of the Father on the throne. John 6.21 So they were willing to receive him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. So let us turn the tables around now. We can actually also minister rest to God. Um, look at what Psalm 132, 13, 14 says. He wants us to minister rest to Him. How? By fitting into His glorious church, which is Zion. This is the rest where He will abide forever. In Psalm 102, verse 16, it says, When the Lord shall build up Zion, He shall appear in His glory. So Zion speaks of uh, the body of Christ. Zion was that mountain. And um, Zion represents the body of Christ. It represents the bride of Christ. And God wants to dwell and, and place His glory on Zion. And so God wants to come and, and rest within us. And so we minister rest to God by creating a place inside of us and say, Father, my heart, my spirit, my soul, my body, may it be a resting place where you can dwell, where your glory can dwell, where your presence can dwell. And then corporately as the bride of Christ that we can come and where we are fully His and um, we become corporately the resting place of God and corporately as the bride of Christ He comes and His glory, His glory abides on us forever. Not, not occasionally, not from time to time, but permanently. See, that is the ultimate. Where His glory is uh, permanently with us and dwelling, dwelling over us and in us. So we have become His resting place corporately as, as the bride of Christ. My, my brothers and sisters, I just pray that um, we can just grow together as the, the glorious church, the bride of Christ, um, to, on a daily basis to walk in the rest of God and apply this to our lives. In Jesus' name, Amen. in his last breath.